Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, Radio Land. Tony Sanders Outdoors is live on the air from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River, right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm having headphone issues. There you are. How are you, Robert? I'm doing well, Tony. How are you doing this morning? Or Robin? Yes, Robin. <laughs> Robin. My new, my, new, my new name. I've been called a lot of things, but Robin was a new one. I don't have my and, and we're this was I guess last Saturday yeah yeah um, we're I, I bought a new freezer you know I I don't I don't get rid of stuff I just buy bigger more like, yeah but you're you're now getting rid of that freezer because we loaded it up yeah um, so anyway but for whatever reason my grandson has decided to call you Robin and I have no idea why he's known you as Rob since he's been speaking. Right. And why you have become Robin, I don't have a clue. But I, I thought it was kind of funny. Well, so named. You know, it was like... Maybe he was thinking he was Batman and you were Robin. Could be. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've been called a lot of things. One of my favorite ones is my, my wife's uh, grandmother. Uh, first it was Rod. Then it became Ron. Then she finally got Rob. And then we tried to work on the last name, uh, but she kind of gave up on that one. Yeah, so. probably so. Hey, we have a guest. We do. Eric Burnett, QDMA. What is your title with QDMA? I guess I'm the president of the uh, local branch, Southeast Tennessee branch of the Quality Deer Management Association. Uh, well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you're here because you have a banquet coming up on Wednesday evening. Uh, and that is um, at... I, Matter of fact, I'll let you give all the details so I don't screw it up. Sure. It is uh it's gonna be at two on the roof, which is that's located a, at uh That's a cool little facility. Uh it is at three thirteen Manufacturers Road. Uh it'll be at six PM uh for cocktails and then uh probably dinner around seven and uh your typical banquet, uh outdoor banquet style with raffle items and auction items and uh also have a little bit of, uh, you know, a habitat, uh, habitat management minute, uh, or you know, a little little speech, uh-huh. which I think we're going to probably get into uh, today, and I'll have to think of something sure. else to talk about at the banquet. No, that's that's all right. You don't <laughs> have to. You don't have to. Won't you uh, kind of tell people what uh, the QDMA is all about? Sure. Uh, Quality Deer Management Association was started back in 1988 in South Carolina and uh, the the idea was just to figure out a way to uh, manipulate the, the habitat and uh, to create bigger and better older age class uh, deer and to manage the herd in a healthy manner whether that was uh, you know increasing doe harvest South Carolina had a lot of uh, a lot of deer on the landscape needed to control some does uh, take some mouths uh, 
you know, off of the off of the landscape so that, uh, you know, deer could be more healthy and, uh, and, and grow bigger and, and produce better, better fawns, better uh, overall health and quality of the herd. And so we're at QDMA celebrating their 30th anniversary this year, just had a, a big national convention down in New Orleans. You know, they were here, and probably the first time I heard about QDMA was when they did their national convention here. 10 years ago maybe it's been since i started the show it was probably been about 10 years since they were here and uh, it was a lot of fun I, I actually that was one of the few conventions i actually went to and and spent a couple of days because i thought it was kind of interesting because the whole concept then to me was um pretty foreign for lack of better words i understand if you you know a lot of people have been doing quality management and we, of course we got some great examples with uh uh, what you have going up on it, Dunaway, and things like that with large tracts of land. But the whole thing of uh, QDMA, I thought, was kind of interesting. So I spent a lot of time down there and really was very fascinated in learning about the different agricultural practices and different things that you could do to, to help your deer herd. Sure. And uh, and so I think, I mean, from that standpoint, I think it's good. And I think, I think uh, there's there's people out there that don't agree with the concept of QDMA, but you kind of debunked that for me just a second ago um, when you said that one of the you know one of the ads they've been running is uh, it shows a young girl probably what mid teens and and uh, and she's holding a I guess it's a spike or maybe a little four point I couldn't remember what it was but it was like hey shoot what makes you happy yeah it is and and you know I really I really like that ad. I saw it in a, in the magazine, maybe on uh, QDMA's Facebook page last year sometime, and it, it just says at QDMA, we measure success in memories, not inches of antler, and and I think that really uh, that really that really speaks volumes to what the organization is now, uh, and and you know to sort of try to debunk, as you said, some of the misconceptions about quality deer management. It's not just about you know, you have to wait and shoot the, you know, the 12 point. And if you shoot a six point, then you're not a good hunter. That's not what the organization's about. It's about, you know, managing a natural resource to its peak potential. Uh, and a lot of times that means killing some smaller deer and, um, but letting, letting right. the deer grow up. And, and age a little. Sure. And, and, and a, and a deer's never going to be able to express its full potential at, at two years old, it's right. just it's just not. It's a it's a teenager, and uh, if 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 you know, you want you want to go shoot a six point, go shoot a six point. Uh, I hope my you know seven year old or eight year old uh, you know is able to shoot his first buck this year. Sure. And I don't care what it is. Sure. Well, and I think I know a place that Rob and I hunt. The for for us, it's you know eight points or better. Uh, but if, if my grandson's there, if it's brown, it's down, yeah. you know, just shoot it. And, uh, and so I, and I think that's a good, healthy attitude to have, but I do find, and I don't, I don't know if you follow all the, the, the big hunting groups on Facebook for Tennessee, like Tennessee deer hunters and stuff, the arguments that come out during deer season about, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some really nice animals and it's like. Oh, it's too young or what? It's like, man, it's just that 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 whole confrontation that happens 
And, sure. And, and I struggle with that. You know, maybe it's not what I want to do. Maybe it's not what you want to do, but it's there's no reason they can't do that. But, man, the attitude's pretty funny. Oh, it is. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you get you get kids on there on Facebook. You may have a 15-year-old kid or, uh, you know, who's asking if this deer's old enough to shoot and, you know, what's how old's this buck? And, right. Uh, and you get people trying to guess the age. If you're 13 or you're 15 years old, you shoot it. If, um <laughs> You know, you can't uh, you can't expect to have the level of success that you see on TV. Uh, you know, in your you know in your backyard at, when you're 15 years old. Right. You, I mean, these those deer that are that are grown on the you know on the TV shows. There's a reason they're on the, on TV. Yes, it is, and it's because it's managed uh, very strictly. Correct. And uh, yeah. There's no doubt. Plus, on TV, they want you to see that big deer, so you come and pay them $4,000 to shoot that big deer. Absolutely. And so that you'll buy the seed that yeah. has got the picture of the big buck on the on the side of the bag that uh, that they're paid to, to advertise, which is fine and great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but wheat seed's wheat seed. So, <laughs> A lot of it also has to do with you look at all those places on the TV, too. Those places have had a lot of habitat improvement. Uh, there's been, you know, burns, uh, prescribed burns, or there's been, uh, you know, they've, you know, left an edging on a field or something like that. It has been managed specifically for that. And for lack of a better term, that's QDMA is what y'all are doing. You're, you're looking at habitat improvement to grow bigger deer. Correct. Or I, w- I would say to grow, to increase Incur- the encourage, age. Yeah. To increase the age size or uh, age quality on the landscape mm-hmm. to make it more balanced. Yeah, the same thing. And you can take this. Uh, you can take this application and even apply it to uh, pond management. I mean, you know, you have to have the the food. You have to have the habitat. You have to have the structure. You have to. Have, it's the same thing. If you want big fish, you got to take some small ones out every now and again. Um, Absolutely. If you've got a pond full of twelve inch bass then you don't have any five-pound bass. No, they're all going to be that cookie-cutter 12-inch, and unless you pull some of them out, yeah. Because that pond can only sustain X number mm-hmm. of of pounds of fish, and you're wasting it on, on 12-inch fish, mm-hmm. and they eat a lot. It's like piranhas when those feeders go off on some of those ponds, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get into this and a whole bunch of other things. Got a question on Facebook. Why do we need to manage deer in Tennessee when the deer in some areas are overpopulated? Well, and I think the reason behind that is, is um, especially if you are in, he's referring to West Tennessee, where you can shoot three doe a day. I mean, that is a form of management. They're, try, it they're, trying, to, they're trying to clean out the, the, uh, the, the, what is it I'm looking for? The population, um, Call the herd. Call the herd. Thank you. Absolutely, that that is that is management. If you have too many mm-hmm. too many does, too many bucks, if you have too many deer on your property, then then you've got to, and I believe you have an ethical obligation uh, as a as a steward of the land to to take some of those deer out so that the deer that are uh, that are left are able to reach their full age potential and and express their genes. That's one of the things that I get uh, a lot of comments on is people that don't like the three doe a day harvest in, in West Tennessee and Unit L, and it's like, but we're still overpopulated. 
I mean, cars are still running into them every day. Exactly, and so you've. Uh, I know the. I know the farm that uh, that I'm familiar with, and they they lose thousands of dollars a year just to uh, crop depredation. Well, here's a perfect example too. Drive down to Chickamauga Battlefield. All the deer are the same size. They're undergrowth. Yes. They're small. It's like the 12 inch bass. You got a ton of deer in a certain area. There's X amount of resources and they're stunted. They're small and heaven forbid disease get down there because it'll wipe them all out. Same. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. No, I I just said that. You know, it's absolutely correct. Uh, And same thing with uh, uh, Enterprise South where we do the the warrior hunt. Uh, I mean, we see deer over there that are, what is the last, the last time I saw the stats, the deer were about 70% of what a, a yearling should be. Right. And it's just because of the population and the and the pressure on the resource to support that population. It's, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, good stuff. All right. Tony Sanders Outdoors. If you want to be part of the show, it's real simple. Dial 423-267-1023. 423-267-1023. We'll be right back. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. 
Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Talking a little deer hunting in head or in advance of uh, deer season opening up next week. But also uh, have Eric Burnett in here from QDMA. And uh, we are talking a little bit about their banquet coming up. So it's, what time is the doors open? Uh, doors will be open at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Wednesday night at 2 on the roof. Is that right, two on the roof? Yeah. That's correct. Uh, which is over in the North Shore, right in front of uh, basically, what is that? What's the, what is the grocery store now? Uh, Whole Foods. Whole Foods. It's on, the, it's on the building in front of Whole Foods, right on the other end. Uh, great, great place to have a banquet. Um, so that should work out well. I, I really like that little spot. We've done several things up there. So uh, doors open, I'm sorry, what time? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Uh, dinner will be served of something? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Good. What are you eating? Do you know? Uh, we're going to have barbecue. All right. From Shuford's. Ooh. Good old barbecue. Love barbecue. So have a chance to learn a little bit about QDMA, help for uh, raise some money for the cause, and um, that's good. That'll be fun stuff. Always, always good time. And I, I actually saw a few of my friends uh, post on Facebook that they were going. And um, one of them does not have land, and one of them does. So it's interesting that you got two different people coming from two different perspectives. Right. So that's cool. That's the way it should be. Uh, what else is happening, Rob? What's happening in the calendar? Uh, on the calendar of events, we got a lot of stuff coming up. It's obviously hunting season. Uh, quail, uh, quail, sorry, wrong bird. Dove season is open, currently open. Uh, again, the southeastern branch of the QDMA is going to be on the 19th. On the 13th of October, the Forgotten Child Crappie Tournament is going on, and there is some new information this year. It is not only a crappie tournament, but it is also a bass tournament. So you bass fishers, you need to get out there. And this year... How they, whoa, 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 back up. What are they doing? It's a fishing extravaganza. Three okay. fish bass limit seven fish crappie limit so if you're bass fishermen get out there if you're crappie fishermen get out there if you're a fisherman get out there so they're going to be giving prizes in both correct you know finally somebody's gotten smart mm-hmm. let's put two different species together mm-hmm. now this year all the proceeds of the event will go to the forgotten child fund they will they're what they're doing this year is they're asking you to to fill up the tow boat they're going to have a tow boat there and they want that boat filled with toys for all the kids that are a part of the Santa's train in December. I don't want that boat filled up. I want that boat sunk. 
I want that boat. I let me explain buoyancy. You want, you want them to to have to call Towboat USA to come get their towboat? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because that, you have sunk that boat with too many toys. That's what I want to see. I want to see. Look, I can explain buoyancy. When you get too much on the inside, it sinks. I want to see so many toys that that boat will not float. That's the the destructive nature of you. Well, it is, and I want to see them really help out the kids because all you need to do, you need to bring a unwrapped toy, one toy per boat. Now, I'm going to up that and say if, you know, if you're fishing, bring at least two toys per boat. Come on. It's for the kids. Um, Let me see here. I'm trying to see. It is $25 per boat plus a $5 to $10 unwrapped toy for either a boy or a girl. It doesn't matter. Make that two toys per boat. So have you gone out and bought your toy yet? Not yet. I'm going to go buy a couple of toys. Uh, I had so much fun last year going out shopping and buying stuff that I like to play with as a kid. And, and <laughs> you know, you know, Green Army Men, Mr. Potato Head, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And, and these are fun toys. And I, I was having more fun buying the stuff for the kids. And I think, you know, I don't know. hope they got a kick out of it, too. But uh, if you want to make a financial donation, if you want to fish the tournament, if you just want to be a part of it, if you want to help out in any way, uh, you can call Jim Edmeister at... 421-0297. Call him right now. Yeah, he, call him now. Yeah, he needs to be up. So go ahead and give Jim a call if you want to help out. And if you're looking at about fishing the tournament, either bass guys or uh, crappie guys, if you're a brim guy like me, go fish. Just just go out and help because this is a great, great uh, opportunity to help out our local community and help out with the kids. So uh, let's see what else is happening. On the 22nd of this month, Archery opens up, so that's what? Next week. Next weekend. Uh, that's about all I got right now. Which means there will be a lot of deer running out in the roads. Oh, yeah. Because they're getting pushed. Yep. More car strikes. <laughs> More chances for my wife to kill deer. <laughs> How many? What's, what's the running total now? Three. Okay, I'm thinking, you remember the World War II uh, airplanes when they used to put, like, flags of the... I'm thinking you just put, like, little deer... Uh, Outlines uh, on the right under well, her driver's window. I, yeah, I had a little deer things last time, but the, the the last one she hit at fifty five miles an hour took everything off the front of the car. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> stick stickers, you know, like with a slash yeah. through it, one, two, three, four, you know, like putting but, put a notch in your rifle stock or something. I bet she would appreciate that, wouldn't she? <laughs> put that on. Put that. May I put it on the back? She doesn't hear hit them in the back very often. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just put little bitty deer, you know. Oh, speaking of little bitty deer, talking about quality deer management, the owner of a Chinese restaurant in Louisiana is facing possible jail time after a spotted fawn. A spotted fawn was found in a cooler inside the eatery. Some guy whose name I can't pronounce, 61 of Winsboro, was cited for possession of a spotted fawn after a Franklin County uh, sheriff, I'm sorry, Franklin Parish Sheriff's deputy found the animal during a security check at the Golden Hen Restaurant in Winsboro. Uh, the deputy opened the door and proceeded uh, inside the building when he saw the spotted fawn in the cooler. State wildlife agents were dispatched and found that the guy, whose name I can't pronounce, the owner of the restaurant, had brought it to his home where he was butchering the fawn. Uh, this guy, who I can't pronounce, told the agents he found the dead animal on the, high, on the side of Highway 17 and took the roadkill to his restaurant where he stored it. He said he was taking the fawn to his house and he didn't know that basically you couldn't have the fawn. Well, if it had been in Tennessee, it had been okay. Mm-hmm. 
The only problem, my only problem is that he brought it to his restaurant immediately, this Chinese restaurant. You know he was going to serve it. You know he was going to serve it. It was going to end up in stir-fried something or another. You know it was. Probably so. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right, well, okay, we'll get back to some more news here in a few minutes. Uh, Eric, you sent me an article, which I found very interesting, uh, and we'll kind of tee it up, and then we'll talk about it after the break. And it's talking about prescribing or or doing a burn, but only burning within bow range. So you you kind of lay out, you get your tree, you kind of lay out the 30 yards around your tree, and that's what you burn, and you don't burn anything else. And that was a very interesting article. You said it would be. Right. And, and I, I, think, I think it really is. There, there, there's no doubt that, that God intended fire to roll through our landscape and our woods and, and, and that fire benefits all wildlife, whether that's a quail, a deer, a songbird, or a monarch butterfly. And uh, this is just a way to, to, to use fire uh, in a very small scale, sort of an introduction to fire for people. And uh, it also creates a lot of uh, healthy, juicy little uh, forbs and and, and grasses that deer like to eat. And just like we would do with a little quarter acre food plot. That's the exact same same thing, except uh, all this costs is a little bit of time. Yeah, and 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 what I what, now what I couldn't get out of it, or maybe I wasn't just smart enough to put it all together, is exactly when they're saying you should burn. Because I want to say that it was seven weeks was what they were saying it took for everything to kind of recover. Uh, Marcus Lashley out of uh, Mississippi State University's Deer Lab, uh, professor of wildlife biology down there, uh, did this began this study last year, and he lit the fires. Uh, 30 days before opening day of bow season. Okay. So, so 30 days, which is much less than seven weeks. Right. And and that put, uh, so there's still plenty of time left in the growing season. So I think their, their bow season opened up uh, October the 1st. So on September 1, uh, our opening day of dove season, he was out there lighting a fire uh, in these various test uh, plots that he did in his study. Uh, and found that uh, almost immediately uh, he saw a positive deer response. Uh, and within four weeks, there was plenty of, uh, of native browse, you know, popping up out of the, out of the dirt and that it just where the leaf litter had been removed. That's interesting. Well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say you've got the, the reason that native stuff was coming back so quickly is you've got a large influx of nitrogen and carbon directly into the uh, soil, so you know everything is going to come back lush and green when it does come back. And what's going to come back is what is already there. That, that's what most people don't realize. So but, you're going to get that if, if you've planted something that's not supposed to be there, it's probably not going to come back. That's correct. The seed bank's full of seeds, and uh, that that we don't know. Uh, you, you don't know what you've got until until you remove that that layer of uh, of, of leaf litter on top. And you get some sunlight down to it. So right. whether that's top killing some little saplings and uh, some of the mid-story and uh, the, what the sunlight get uh, hit the forest floor. All right. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. To be part of the show, give us a call. 267-1023. 267-1023.
Romans 8, I used a muzzle loader. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee highway if you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community tony sanders outdoors can help nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to tony sanders outdoors on saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m whether it's a recorded commercial live reads remote broadcast or product endorsements tony and rob can help give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs tony sanders outdoors your outdoor advertising solution 423-280-3677. I'm Don King for your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. Hunter education is required for anyone born on or after January 1st, 1969, before hunting in our state. Tennessee's program is recognized nationally as one of the best. Choose from online or traditional classroom instruction. Visit tnwildlife.org for classes in your area. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, 267-1023 to be part of the show. Love to have you at. Dial in and tell us what you think. All right, when we went to the break, we were talking about fire. And uh, this whole concept of burning, and, and we were talking off there, uh, you can't get, um, you can't convince people that they need to set their property on fire. It's just, it's it's difficult. It is extremely difficult, especially in our area. If you go down to South Georgia, you go down to South Alabama, uh, some of the, you know, people are used to fire. They've got large lolly plantations, they've got large uh, longleaf pine plantations and, uh, and and as we were discussing off the air you know the the you know those forests need and they have to have fire in order to to survive and thrive Correct. and you know people don't think about burning their hardwood stands uh, but there's some uh, some recent uh, research out of that uh, Craig Harper has done he's at the University of Tennessee uh, where he says that, you know, burning your upland uh, hardwood stands is uh, will create a positive wildlife response, um, and and also you know help help the timber as well. Well, you know, you got to get you've got to get out there and and take that underbrush out to really have a healthy forest and healthy land. Well, and, and I think that it is. You need you've got to have underbrush, but you've got to set it back. You've got to have that early right. su- early succession. So your mid-story trees that are the you know like you know saplings, you know as big around as your arm, but you know they're uh, they're taking they're taking away. They're robbing the sunlight. They're not letting it hit the forest floor. You've got uh, and so you know the other trees have got to have got to try to compete with that. But if you can set that back and you can put some of this vegetation down on the level that wildlife can can reach it, right. then you're doing really well. Uh, if a 
it could be the greatest food in, in you know, for the deer or for anything. And if it's eight feet tall, they, it doesn't matter. Right. They can't they can't reach eight feet. So yeah, can, and 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 that's kind of what I'm not when I say you got to take it out. You got to take it out to let it come back and and grow. Uh, but you can walk into a forest that has burnt in the last five years, uh, and it's completely different than other lands that you walk through that haven't had a fire come through. Absolutely. You look on the ground and you see little green things growing. Yeah. Little little broadleaf plants that no one can identify unless you're a wildlife biologist. I can't. Right. But I know that, you know, they're, they're tasty and beneficial to uh, – you know, to deer and rats and rabbits and everything else. And and going back to what started this discussion, the article was basically you're burning around your 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 stand, and that was a pretty cool concept. Uh, it, it is. It, it does several things. You know, not only does it does it put those those highly nutritious plants, uh, does it encourage them to grow uh, at the exact right time that you need it. Uh, you know, during bow season when you want a deer to be 30 yards away from you. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it also, I lost my train of thought here, but. That's right. Um, so it, it, it does give you, like you said, it, it, it puts the deer within your, your bow range, gives them a lot of new stuff. And, and the article said that by doing this burn uh, as bow hunting burn or whatever you want to call it, uh, it increased your bow shot opportunities by 30%. That's significant. It's actually more than that. It was 13 times. 13 times? Where did I get 30%? Uh, I don't know. Okay. But uh, I don't either. And, and so the, uh, the researcher that did this research, they've had cameras, you know, at this exact location for you know, for 10 years and, you know, running 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So they know how many deer are visiting each site. And so when they did these little tests, uh, they, they increased the shot opportunities, the daylight activity of deer, uh, that would be within bow range, uh, 13 times. Uh, and the deer became more dayurnal rather than nocturnal right. at these site locations. Uh, and, you know, to go back, so the, you know, the, the burn, you know, does several things, like I, like I was saying, I now remember, but uh, it, you know, it, it knocks down some of those trees and limbs that might get in your way of your shot. Um, and we're not doing this particular, uh, you know, habitat plan to really feed deer i mean this is not going to a 30 yard circle is not going to you know have a a large nutritional impact on deer um but uh you know it does provide them you know some high quality forage it just doesn't uh it's more like a a small quarter acre food plot you might have out in the woods gotcha and it's pretty easy to know when the deer's in range because if he walks inside that uh, 30 yard circle (laughs) you've already measured it Oh yeah, no, I, and I mean, like you said, it 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 concentrates the food that the deer find interesting right there where you want it, right? And and you know, it, it, this is a good way to introduce people into uh, prescribed fire. Right. This is a is a, it's extremely small scale. It would be very difficult. You would to 
you know, have this type of fire get out of hand uh, with just, you know, a backpack blower and a backpack sprayer full of water, you're going to be able to control a fire in 30 yards as long as you're not, you know, burning right. when the relative humidity is right. is wrong and, and the winds aren't, you know, winds are howling, then you're going to be fine. You know, sure. Two guys, three guys, um, and, you know, you can knock this this out and it's a good intro to prescribed fire which is what our forests need right right all right tell everybody about the banquet coming up again it's, sure it's uh coming up on wednesday wednesday uh at six o'clock at two on the roof uh that is at uh 313 Ma- uh, manufacturers road and uh, cocktails at six o'clock and then we'll have dinner at seven followed by raffle and auction items uh, we've got a really nice Winchester Model 70 featherweight that uh, uh, we're going to give away that night, and a few other a few other guns, and I think there's a bow fishing, uh, a bow reel. So huh. already tricked out for you, Rob. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tony knows my opinion on bow fishing. I, I I strongly disagree with bow fishing. I mean, you paid your license, go do it. But that's you know I'm kind of. <laughs> Anti bow fishing. I mean, go do it. You know, I don't want to piss off all the bow fishers because they're pretty good shots. I'll give them that. But all right, well, if you win it, you can give it to me. All right, fair enough. I, fair I, enough. I, I was going to say I'd I'd be glad to take it and kind of pay back for all the guns I've loaned him through the years. So <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever the case. Oh, speaking of which, you need to loan me my favorite this fall again. Which one? That uh, lever action thirty thirty that I like. You don't still have it? No, I gave it back to you. Oh, okay. I cleaned. Even though I didn't fire it, I still cleaned it. Good for you. That's what you should do. I know. Clean them once a year whether they need it or not, right? Well, if somebody loans you something, you should give, give it, it back, back in them. better shape. Yeah. Exactly. But people don't necessarily buy into that. I don't know. Well, it's like... You, like my son that's listening. Uh, you know, you were talking about uh, burns, you know, how some places are used to it. I remember I used to go over to the White River all the time when I lived in Memphis and we'd drive through Arkansas, and they'd burn entire rice fields. And it would look like, you know, from horizon to horizon, everything was on fire. But it was a prescribed burn for this pit or slough or whatever the case is. And, you know, a couple months later when I'd be driving back through, everything was so green. And it, it really helped put nutrients back in. And, you know, it helped really helped the soil. So you're really doing a lot for your local area. If, even if, it, if, like you said, if it's a 30-yard circle, you're doing a lot for that one little area. Sure. So... And we just happen to be attracting deer close to us so that we can shoot them. Hey, big bonus there. All right, we're going to go take the final break of the hour. Appreciate you being out there and listening to us. As Keep sending questions in on Facebook Live or give us a call at 423-267-1023. We'll be right back. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend, Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. 
Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Glad you're part of the show. Having a good time talking to Eric Burnett from QDMA. I think we're coming up on Wednesday. Hope you can join them and be part of it. It's a lot of fun. All banquets are a lot of fun. Especially if you're like-minded people there. Right. I, I always love I, I love every banquet we get to go to. Some are, each one has its own flavor, and I'm sure this one will have its yep. own flavor as well. So you know, it, it's great to see it. This was a pretty interesting story here that uh, that you had. Oh yeah, uh, if you want to talk about this, we're going to talk a little fishing. So didn't want to leave my fishing buddies out. Uh, we've got a lot of indigenous non-indigenous species here in Chattanooga, like the Asian carp. They're not here. Don't say that. They are not here. Well, they are not in Chattanooga. Yes. They are in Tennessee. Well, that's what you said. They're not okay. here. They are in the Tennessee River system. Yes, they are. Uh, both uh, Big Head and Asian Carp and all the other stuff. And Big Head are here. And I'll tell you what. We've also got all the terrible, terrible uh, snakeheads, these terrible species that are all over the place. People have introduced them. Alaska's got a big problem right now, too. Black bass. Yep, you heard me correctly. Largemouth bass. The non-native species, which was illegally introduced, was caught on Sand Lake in September 3rd, and it is the first time they've learned of bass in Sand Lake. So they have a bass problem in Alaska. They've got one bass, and they're calling it a problem? Yes. They put up a wanted poster uh, asking anglers to be diligent. There are no native species of bass in Alaska. They are considered a top predator and could be detrimental to Alaska's native species. They have the potential to become an invasive species and introduce diseases into water they're released into. If caught, do not release live back into the water. So they're doing the same thing with that that we're doing with Asian carp. Yes, but call me strange, if we had a influx of, you know, a wave of bass come in, I don't think anybody would be complaining. Let them complain when they get Asian carp up there. Then I'll listen to them. Bass, and eh, not so much. I do find that interesting, though, that they're freaking out over a black bass. Well, there's another one that I, there's another one that I give when I give my uh, 101 slide speech on bluegill. Um, we apparently gave uh, some bluegill back in the 1940s and 50s to the Empire of Japan, and uh, the leader over there was a big water guy and loved fish. So the State Department gave them some bluegill, and in turn, they gave us kudzu. And that, great, great trade. Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely lost on that one. Um, 
but apparently these bluegill got loose, and bluegill are now an, an invasive species in Japan. And my first thought was, well... Kudzu is an invasive species here. Same, same. You know, so there you go. When we went out and did the study uh, over in uh, Enterprise South last year... Oh, the deer site? Yeah, I'm out there, and I'm, but now, let me tell you what. Deer love kudzu. You want to hunt deer? Just get in the middle of kudzu. Because, I mean, I'm, I've got, you know, this is at night, and I've got infrared cameras scanning kudzu swarms, whatever you call a kudzu thing. Patches. Patches. And, and you would see deer through the whole thing just bedded down. <laughs> You're kidding. They were, just, they were just piled in there. I have a problem with kudzu, but, you know. Well, you have a problem with a lot of things today, apparently. Well, well apparently, yeah. I, I always have a problem with stuff, but especially kudzu. It's a non-native plant, and it's... I forget I forget where I was driving, but I was driving somewhere, and I looked up the side of this mountain, and the whole side of the mountain, there's these dead trees, but you wouldn't know they're trees because they're covered, they're green, and all they are is kudzu straight up. There's no limbs. It's just this, like, telephone pole that used to be a nice tree, and it's now dead. Thank you, kudzu. Goats. Goats got to have something to eat. Yeah. Do we still do that here? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but my aunt called me. She saw it on the news. My aunt from Rhode Island called me and says, I see y'all got some kudzu eating goats down there. I said, "Yeah, and llamas too." Oh, they got llamas. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. That's funny. <laughs> she was really impressed that we were doing that. Well, it's it's easy way to not do anything. And hey, the goats will eat it, and you know, you get what goat milk and goat cheese, goat cheese and goat chops. Eventually. <laughs> exactly. And wild goats like deer like it too. So. Yeah, basically. Got another got another deer story unless you want to save it for next next uh hour. No, you got about a minute. All so right. if you want to do this one. Well, uh these fishermen were caught an elk. Uh unfortunately it was an extinct elk. It was a Irish elk. Uh the men were fishing in about twenty feet of water and pulled up this species that was about six feet across and the whole antlers and skull were attached and it's of an ancient species that was been extinct for about uh, 10,000 years uh, over there in Ireland, and they're giving it to uh, uh, universe, uh, I'm sorry, a museum in Ulster in Belfast. It's one of the most intact uh, uh, skulls and antlers found to date. That's hard to believe that it uh, is still in that, in that kind of condition after all these years underwater. Of course, I guess water preserved it, but yeah, I'm surprised it didn't. Or it just tells you how hard antlers are. Yeah, and you know and the skulls, uh, and but, yeah, the skulls. But you know, I've I've been fishing and caught some weird things, but I've never caught a ten thousand year old ancient Irish elk. So I'm looking forward to doing that here on Lake Chickamauga. Well, you would have to go to a place where ancient Irish elk are. Yeah, probably a large treble hook. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Snag it. Yeah. All right, that's it. We're we're through. Cut the show off. Oh, no, we'll be back in about eight minutes. Tony Sanders Outdoors. <laughs> Hope you have, are having a good day. We're trying to have a good time. We'll be back talking a little bit more QDMA. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors.
tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hour number two. Hanging out with the trout bum, Robert, (laughs) the professor. Trout professor, Pratula. I'm sure all my students are listening, too. None of them knew I was on the radio, and I said, y'all don't get up early on Saturday mornings, do you? Yeah, we do. 10, 11? Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, I see. We've done two hours worth of radio, had breakfast, gone home, you know. Cleaned out a freezer. <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> yeah, by 10 a.m., it's it's all done. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's funny. Uh, also joined uh, with... Eric Burnett, who is a local person and is the um, president or the chief cook and bottle washer for the QDMA, uh, which is Quality Deer Management Association chapter here in the Chattanooga area. You got a banquet coming up on the 19th of September, which by all indications is Wednesday evening at Two on the Roof, which is 313 Manufacturers Road. It's over there, right across from one North Shore. It's up on the second floor of the building that's in front of Whole Foods. Uh, it's on the right-hand side of the, the horseshoe if, as you're facing the building. Can't miss it. It's a great place. Uh, nice area to have a have a banquet. A lot of parking, which is always something that's tough to put together. Is place finding places to park. Plenty of places to park there, so you'll have a good time. Go check it out. Uh, tickets are $45 to get in. And uh, if someone calls in and has an interest, you got some tickets you'll give away? I do. 267-1023 to be part of that. Uh, now, don't call in just to get a free barbecue meal from Shuford's, okay? This is about learning about QDMA. Sure, you know, absolutely. Uh, you know, you know we, we welcome all deer hunters. I hope that you know, it's a it, it's a place uh, you know where where deer hunters belong, and you know it's not just this is not an organization for uh, wealthy landowners who are you know have thousands and thousands of acres to you know to manage. This is uh, and there are some of those though. Oh, absolutely, and we welcome them too. But uh, we are uh, uh, you're going to learn something about uh, about deer that you didn't know. The, yeah. mag- the magazine that you get uh, is uh, is well worth the price of uh, of admission just to the event. So, also uh, every every everybody that walks in the door, every paid membership uh, at the banquet is going to receive a year subscription uh, to Onyx Maps, which is the latest greatest uh, hunting app for mobile devices uh, and. Uh, it's really beneficial for uh, for the public land folks because it shows property borders, uh, names of landowners, uh, right there in your uh, on your phone in your pocket. Heck, that's worth. I'm gonna unfortunately be out of town, but it'd be worth buying a ticket and just oh, to get, get that. that app. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, I think it's a thirty nine dollar yeah. uh, a, a year value. So that's great, and everybody gets one. Well, you know, one of the things is, um, and, and you and I have talked about this, there's not everybody, um, and I've, I've got a friend of mine that 
he calls it drinking the QDMA Kool-Aid. And he really just, he absolutely hates QDMA. Uh, and that's okay. I mean, it, it's everybody can have their own opinion. The thing of it is, and, and what I have discovered about QDMA, even if I'm not, quote, an antler hunter or, what, hunter or whatever, the the information about taking care of the land is is pretty interesting. And whether I own, you know, thousands of acres or whether I'm just on a lease, all this stuff that is, is beneficial to what we're trying to do. It, it absolutely is. And, you know, and why would you not want to you know, learn more about that so that you can be a better steward of the land and sure. use use the resources that are provided to us, uh, you know, in, in the most uh, you know, beneficial way possible to to all wildlife. I mean, there's 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 a place for everything uh, out there, and uh, you know, the the same uh, tactics that are used to benefit deer are going to benefit bobwhite quail. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to benefit rabbits and squirrels. So I think, and I think that's something that people don't always put together is. I can't improve the habitat for deer without improving the habitat for everything else. Vice versa, I can't improve wetlands for ducks without imp- I mean, look at what animals use wetlands. You know, everybody's got to have water, last time I checked, to survive. Right. So the more wetlands, the more that we can do to improve for ducks benefits all kinds of critters. Oh, it absolutely does. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, people are complaining that we've got too many coyotes. Well... If you increase your habitat and all of a sudden there's more places for field mice to live and rats to live and, and rabbits, then coyotes are going to quit eating fawns. Right. They're going to eat rats because they're easier. They're a lot easier to catch. And then all of a sudden coyotes don't look like that big of a problem, at least to deer. Correct. The rats probably don't like that. Yeah. I don't think there's a um, rat hunting society out there, though. Nope. Actually, actually, there is. I saw one. Uh, You're a kid. No, this. I saw this about a year ago, and I thought it was great. You know how I love, and this this is kind of on topic, but <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it is. You know how I love to see dogs do what they were bred to do. There's a group in New York City that gets uh, Jack Russells and uh, what's the the Dachshunds. These dogs were bred to hunt vermin. And so they've trained these dogs, and they walk them at night in New York City, and they turn them loose after rats. And, you know, they, you know you've seen a dog grab a toy and just shake the heck out of it, right? That's to kill the rat. And they were actually using these dogs, and they were the New York Rat Hunter Society, but they were using their dogs that were specifically bred to – and I'm like, well, hey, you know, you can't shoot them in New York, so, hey, turn the dogs loose on them. Why not? That'd be fun to watch. I know. No, I think it'd be great. You know, watch your dog grab it, you know, and just tear the heck out of something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, I just like seeing dogs do what they were bred to do. I mean, I those dogs were meant to go after vermin. They were not meant to be put into a, a handbag and carried around because they're small enough to do so. Those dogs were bred to be vermin hunters. Labs were bred for one thing. Go get the dead bird. Bring it back. That's what they were bred to do. So There was a rat hunting society, so I did tie that in. Wow. I would have never thunk it. And you are correct. I did a quick internet search. Everything does need water. So okay, you are correct on that. And sunlight. And su- Yes, that too. Uh, 
Hey, we got just a few minutes before the first break. Let's let's go to your, the the deer story that, about the the Wyoming deal. Uh oh, the Wyoming. Yeah. Okay. The only reason I'm doing it now is we don't end up running into like a 14 minute conversation about this thing. Okay. Fair enough. Let's see here. Uh, Guess I ought to give you more of a heads up, huh? Yeah, there you go. A wildlife photographer has drawn a coveted grizzly tag for Wyoming bear hunt. Hunter says hunters do not have the right to hunt grizzlies. Uh, A group called Shoot'em with a Camera was created around the time the hunt was originally announced. Their main goal to encourage the opposed Wyoming scheduled grizzly bear hunt and to apply for one of the 22 tags and then let it go to waste intentionally. Well, a guy by the name of Tom Magnelson, a Jackson, Wyoming resident and critic of the state's proposed hunt, made an announcement on his Instagram page that he got drawn for one of these grizzly licenses, and he is going to let it go to waste. Grizzly bears are being hunted this year in 2017. They have not been hunted for 42 years, and they've gotten out of control. They need to be managed and they're, Wyoming is starting the hunt. Well, the anti-hunters have applied for several of the tags, and one was given to Mr. Tom Magnuson, an anti-hunter. Okay. This is something that we talk about a lot on uh, when we talk about computer draws and things like that, that um, you, if, you, if you go to an all-computer drawing situation, you can have a lot of people that are not hunters apply. Mm-hmm. Now, you took it one step further. I did. I, I called the Wyoming DNR uh, because I would have assumed, I assumed incorrectly, and I will admit today I was wrong, I assumed incorrectly that to get into the grizzly bear hunt, you had to have already purchased a license to be put into the hunt. I've gone to the crane draw, they check my license. I get, when I put in for the elk, I have to either pay or have my sportsman's license, so I've already paid into the system. This guy did not pay into the system. He got one of those tags and is wasting it. There was I and so I asked the lady at the DNR, I said, "Can I apply for one of those?" She says, "Sure, apply next year." I said, "I don't live in Wyoming and I don't have a Wyoming hunting license." That's okay. You told them that in Tennessee you had to have a hunting license to apply, right? Correct. Yes. And she said, oh, that's a good idea. She was a secretary, I'm sure. And I, I, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be mean to the lady, but she goes, oh, well, that was a good idea. And I'm sitting there on the phone going, you think? You know, I've got, uh, I got a small problem with all of this. And that would be? Number one, letting someone get a tag that's not got a hunting license. I agree with that. So let's go, let's talk to Tim. We'll, we'll talk about this. Hey, Tim. Hey, guys. Um. Y'all were talking about bears. Uh, I just had a kind of a quick, curious question. I live up on Lewis Chapel, like on the Sequatchie side, uh-huh. and a uh, bunch of my friends say that there's black bears up in that area. Y- y'all know anything about that? There are. There are. No. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I, I didn't know if they're real prevalent or... or I don't know. I don't know about prevalent. It's at the far end of the range, but yes, there are bears up there. Um you know, we had one killed here in Red Bank a couple of uh, years ago. Right on Dana yeah, Boulevard. I, yeah, I remember hearing about that. And, uh, and I know of, they've been on Signal Mountain and stuff like that. So their 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 range is expanding. Yes. A buddy of mine had a uh, 
a deer, you know, he, he's got a hunting lease up there, and he had a, you know, the camera, and he showed me a picture. He said, look, this is, you know, and I, it was probably five miles from my house, and I thought he was just kind of, you know, nowadays you can Photoshop anything. Right. I could Photoshop Trump riding a bear or something if I wanted to. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that was what I was wondering. Uh, I guess with my, I got like six acres up there, but my dogs probably, I'm sure, keep them runoffs. Well, what I would suggest, too, Tim, is, and, and I just don't know, but there is a incidental take area, So there's a, uh, and it's marked pretty well in the TWRA hunting guide. So if you're out deer hunting and you see a bear, you can actually shoot that bear um, if, if, if the opportunity exists. You just need to make sure you're in that incidental take area. Right. Uh, now, if it's, what if it's just on my property? Yeah, well, it, and 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 then you have to get into the whole, uh, you know, discussion about whether you're were in danger and all that. Um, but, right. Well, I'm not just going to shoot it for running across the land. Yeah. No. 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 I understand. But it definitely something to to check out because that that area is expanding on a regular basis. So. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Tim. All right, let's go uh, pay a bill. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be part of the show, 267-1023, 267-1023. We'll be right back. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawn. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed specifically for this area and provide you with the knowledge to have the lawn that will be the envy of all your neighbors. Don't go buy a bag of something that may or may not work from a big box store. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and knows what will work in this area. Trust the local experts in fertilizer to assist you with your lawn. Make your neighbors really jealous. Call Beatty's. If you're a lawn care company owner or are on a landscaping group, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Call Beatty's for more information on bulk fertilizer for your lawn care company. Minimum quantities required. So whether you're a homeowner, lawn care company, or just like digging around in the yard, go with the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer. 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Spring will soon be here, and you know what that means. Grilling and barbecues. 
You can get everything you need at Don's Meat Shop, 6408 Dixon Pike. Don has steaks such as T-bone, porterhouse, ribeyes, and many, many more. You can pick up kebabs, chicken, burgers, pork chops, roast or fish, and try out their seafood. Be sure to try their summer sausage snack sticks. Don has quality meats and great cooking advice, so give them a call at 423-842-1256. Don's is open six days a week, closed Tuesdays. Check them out at donsmeatshop.com and be sure to like them on Facebook. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. 267-1023 to be part of the show. All right, so back to our uh, our, our wildlife guy drawing the tag. Uh, or photographer drawing the tag. I just, the problem I have with that is... Um, in, and I don't wish anybody ill will, but they've decided to hunt these grizzlies because they're now creating an issue. Yes. So the smart people behind Wyoming's uh, wildlife has decided that 22 was the number that needed to be taken out. And so now only 21 is going to be taken. So if, in a best case scenario, assuming everybody is successful, and I'm sure there's there's some. So now you got one that's not going to be taken out, and that could be the one that takes out somebody's family. You never know. Grizzlies are not exactly small critters. No, and they tend to have a surly disposition, especially with those big claws and big teeth. Much like you. Yeah, except I don't have big claws or big teeth, but basically the same disposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. So don't it, poke the bear. So there you go. I just don't understand, and this is coming from what kind of tagging on to what you were saying. It says here, uh, the hunt was first announced by a spokesman for the Wyoming Game and Fish Department and said that science clearly supports the hunt. So they talked to biologists. These guys know about land management, carrying capacity, animal management. They, they talked to people who know, and they said, you know, we need to have a hunt. So... I don't know why the... I, okay, you're anti-hunting? Great. Don't listen to the experts. You know, be one of, the, be one of those people. We, got, we, had those, we had the same people up in New York City when they wanted to... You know, they said, we need to kill off some deer. Oh, no, we're going to give them vasectomies. I'm not joking. I am not joking. You're laughing. They did that, and it didn't work. A lot of the deer died, and um, it didn't work. And then now they're still overrun with deer. And they consulted with... Columbia University, and I believe it was Harvard, and they said, this is a terrible idea. So New York City said, hey, guess what we're doing? We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. The heck with the people who know what they're talking about. We know better. So I hope Mr. Uh, Mangelson, who drew the tag in Wyoming, I hope he, I hope he, somebody would explain the concept of managed biology to him. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Mm-hmm. 
All right. People who are not nutty like this wildlife photographer is the QDMA people. And they got a banquet coming up. Nice, nice dovetail tie-in. I like that. Yeah, they have a banquet coming up on Wednesday evening. <laughs> Eric, why don't you tell everybody how to get the tickets? Sure. It's uh, You can go to our Facebook page or go to the QDMA uh, website, qdma.com, and uh, browse down through uh, on, on the branch events, and you should have no trouble uh, finding ours. You can click right there online to buy tickets. Uh, I do have a couple here uh, to give away if uh, if anybody uh, out there is listening, uh, if there's any deer hunters out there. I hope there's a few. <laughs> say, I do, too. I'd say, well, I'd say there's probably quite a few. Or they may be going fishing. But again, that's Wednesday, this Wednesday, 6 p.m. at 2 on the roof uh, on Manufacturers Road. 6 o'clock uh, begins the cocktail hour, 7 o'clock dinner, and then following dinner there'll be uh, some raffle items and uh, auction items. Uh, giving away a, a really nice Winchester Model 70 featherweight. Uh, I think there's also a 20-gauge slug gun. There's... Uh, there's trail cameras, archery rests, pop-up blinds, uh, Yeti cooler. There, you know, your your standard auction stuff uh, should have something for everybody. Good. Well, I hope uh, I hope people can make it out there. I hope you get. Uh, I hope you are are so successful that you have um, to find a new place next year for size reasons. Absolutely, I do too. I bet you. <laughs> it's a lot of work putting on a banquet, isn't it? it? It is. Do you have a lot of people helping you, or is it just you mainly doing it by yourself? No, I've got. Uh, we, we've got uh, seven people on our uh, on our branch committee. That's awesome. All of them local. They are good. Good. That's that's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. I might mm-hmm. I might actually have to go to this one. Because I know you, you said you're going to be in up in up in the Nashville area, Knoxville. Knoxville, sorry, yeah, wrong, we're, wrongville. We're we're going uh, we're going up to Knoxville for our commission meeting on Thursday and Friday, but uh, we're going to go up to Royal Blue and look at the elk the Thursday morning. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, cool. I, you know, I would I, I would I would think we'd have a little behind the scenes tour happening. Yeah, you might. Maybe. Yeah, you might get those. You you might be considered a VIP up there. But, maybe. Uh, maybe. Um, I've I've always want, wanted to go up there and see the elk. I've seen. I've had friends of mine dr- drive up to uh, the park and you know taking pictures of the elk. And there was one guy who uh, posted the video online. Um, all these like a herd, literally a herd of elk running across this river, and there was like a guy standing there fishing, and he's just watching these elk just go you know right by, you know, a couple hundred yards away. But it was. That would be that would be a an event to see see that many elk in one place, especially here in Tennessee because you know they're now back. So right, you can definitely go to the uh, the elk cam that we have. Uh, go to the TWRE website and yep. go to the elk cam and uh, and and see what's happening uh, with them. So let's see what's happening this morning with the elk cam. It's dark, Rob. Yep. Don't see much. They must be camouflaged because I can't see them. <laughs> Night, the, it's nighttime. The, hit the play button and see what you get. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It's black. Yeah. They're camouflaged. We can't see them. <laughs> Shh. Be quiet. The elk are sleeping. Shh. 
No, there, I, I tuned in the other day, and, and it was just, the field was just covered. Really? Oh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was way cool, so. It said on there that the, it was, the camera was offline and there was a donate button, so maybe they need a little bit of money to that, get that back up and running. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe if we knew a commissioner, we could call and say, hey, they need to fund this. Yeah, they need to put more money into this. We need to call our commissioner. <laughs> he didn't care. He won't do anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. If you want, I got another bear story. All right, go ahead. We're, we're uh, getting ready to go to the, last, the, the next break here. The jaws of life were used to free a bear with its head stuck in a milk can in Minnesota. Basically, uh, they drilled some holes and had to use the jaws of life to pry this uh, 10-gallon milk can off this bear's head. After about two hours, uh, the fire department uh, used the spreader to pry the can off. The animal was freed and seemingly healthy, ran into the woods. So... The DNR came out there. It does not say whether the the uh, bear was tranquilized, but I'm assuming it was because as soon as you got that can off that head, he probably was a little upset. So I would imagine so. Yeah. Hopefully they had him a little groggy. Yeah. All right. Um, is the collar there? Not there. Okay. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders, outdoors two six seven one zero two three to be part of the show. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Chronic wasting disease affects white-tailed deer, mule deer, elk, and moose populations in many states. We are CWD-free in Tennessee and are counting on hunters to keep it that way. Remember, if you hunt out of state for big game animals, it's very important that you learn the proper way to bring those harvested animals home. New restrictions are in place for good reason. Learn more at tnwildlife.org. Please help us keep Tennessee CWD-free. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors coming straight to the phones. Mr. Charlie talking about elk. Hey, Charlie. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I'm, I'm up here at Royal Blue doing a little scouting for the for the elk hunt. Oh, man, I'm so excited for you. I'm going to be up there on Thursday. I'll, I'll scout uh, for you. No, you're, you're, pro- right. you're probably scouting in a little bit tougher area than I'm going to be. <laughs> Uh, here, uh, on your personal Facebook thing, I put a video on there for you to see from yesterday. Okay, I just saw that pop up. I haven't looked at it yet. All right. 
but I had one bugling about 10 yards right in front of me. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> that is so cool. When, yeah. when is your hunt? The 29th. I hope he's still in the area. Yeah, yeah. That would be. Well, uh, I can't wait. To, I'm. A, I can't wait to go look at that video now. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was pretty fun. I heard him bugling. And, uh, I walked up one one little saddle, and I could see him on the next ridge, and I just sat there, and and they ended up walking right over there where I was at. Oh, that is too cool. Oh, wow. it won't work that way when when there's a, a weapon involved. But hey. Right, exactly. At <laughs> least you had fun with it this time, though. That's awesome. I didn't hear that. Yeah. It's like every time you bring a net, you don't catch anything. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, I wish you much success. I can't wait to talk to you and get you to come in here to the studio after you guys get back. That will be so cool. It will be. I look forward to it. Well, good luck. Keep scouting, man. Hope you find, Hope you get them you know, staked out for you. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tony. Rob, how are you? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? Good. I don't know if you remember. I I called you about four or five weeks ago, uh, just asking about the Sea Hill Crane uh, hunt. Yeah. Information. Yeah. And I told you then I wasn't much of a hunter, but uh, I enjoy your show. But uh, I had to call you because a couple of weeks, well, it was Labor Day weekend. I went up to Virginia and got to see my first dove hunt. Okay. And you guys must be rubbing off on me because I had a ball just watching <laughs> these guys. We're leading you down to the dark side. I'm telling you, man. And, and uh, it was funny. I said, I got to call them because uh, I always wondered, you know, I said, why do they get so excited about guns? You know, there's all these guns, guns, guns. Man. There was a pr- the prettiest shotguns out there. I mean, it was just like, oh my gosh! There was one over under that was just it was black all the way up. Look, look black, and it was just. I said that is a pretty gun. So, you guys are leading me down the dark side. I just want to let you know. Well, then, did you actually do some hunting? No, I I haven't okay. shot a gun, man. I'd have to train before I get around a big field with a bunch of guys, you oh, know, wow. shooting doves. But it was funny. Um, my friend who I was with said, uh, now watch, you know, he said, Tom, watch uh, uh, the number of doves and the number of shells, spent shells. Says, there should be one per dove. <laughs> yeah. And they they had a couple of uh, uh, kids out there, uh, some sons of, of the hunters, and they were like 12, 13, 14. Man, they were having a ball. You, They'd sit there, there <laughs> boom, 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 boom. So how many, how many shells are you going to use on one dove? Huh? Oh, man. And they... They yeah. were just smiling. They were having the time of their life. So you know, everybody just let them let them go. Just shoot shoot away. But I got to see them uh, dress the doves, get the uh, you know the breast meat out and all that. And it was just really cool. So good for you. Did they feed you? Most importantly, no. They they took them away. They took them away because I I wanted to. You know, uh, Tony was talking about a bacon wrapped uh, uh, you know dove breast, and I said I kind of want one of those, but we didn't get a chance to eat them. Well, I tell you what, uh, there is there's truly nothing like uh, a a southern dove hunt. I mean, just a good old fashioned. So I, I'm glad you enjoyed that. And and I tell people all the, all the time, and and I don't know if you've ever picked up a copy. Pick up a copy of Garden and Gun. Uh, it, uh-huh. it they have they do as much to keep that southern tradition of hunting alive. Uh, now, yeah. and, and I'm a I'm a bird guy. I, I hunt deer. Uh, I call it grocery shopping, but I do hunt deer. But 
my love is actually upland game and uh man to to to, to read about the dove hunts from from horseback and i mean the quail hunts from horseback and the dove hunts and i mean it is is truly a passage that i hope never ever goes away i hope my grandson gets to really experience that mm-hmm. true opening Dave Dove hunt. It's so cool. Yeah. It, it, well, it was it was it was really cool, and I, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, they said that this this particular hunt, uh, one guy was from New Hampshire. He comes every year, you know, and it's just it, it's hard to get into this dove hunt. So I, you know, I guess it was a it was a good one to see. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you had a good time, and I am glad we are influencing you in whatever way that we are. All right, buddy. Listen, I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. I tell you, I look forward to September the first every oh, year. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Hey, Beaverman. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? And and Rob. How are you? I am. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm well. I'll be honest with you, though. I'm about sick and freaking tired of 95 degrees. You know, I'm Middle sick and freaking tired of rain. I'm, I am, rain is, rain's okay, but I mean it's just freaking hot. I am just, I, but I am so tired. I want, I'm tired of my grass growing. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I know that it helps you and it helps the kids that cut my grass. I get that. I'm just, I'm tired of. I'm, I mean, I have to wear, I have to wear my, my, uh, my duck boots to walk my dog. It's just so wet. One word: frost. I understand frost. Yes, I'm waiting on frost. Bring it on! But no, I just, I'm just, I, t- I told my wife, I said I don't ever remember being just tired of the rain, but I'm just tired of it. You didn't have to yeah, be a well, great farmer this year. No, you. Anybody could have raised anything this year. Yeah, that part's not hard. The uh, the 95 degrees is uh, it's it's wearing thin on my 51 years, 51 year old patients. Me too. I understand. So, Hey, uh, you know, you talk about the the bear thing. That is weird out in Wyoming. I can't believe that you would not have to purchase a license. My friend Scott and I have been putting in for elk tags in Utah. We started off doing it when we thought we'd get it for our 50th birthday uh, about eight or nine years ago, and that has come and gone for both of us. So hopefully maybe by the time we're 60, we're going to get drawn for this area. But you have to buy a hunting license every year. You have to have a regular hunting license, and it and then you put in for the for the tag, or or you can put in for preference points. And I generally try to do it because you have a range of about four or six weeks in the winter. If I buy the license late enough one year and then apply for the tag early enough next year, I don't have to buy. Because it's a 365 day license. Gotcha. Mm. You know, I, I don't have to buy two licenses just to do it, um, and then it's a ten dollar fee. But I mean, it's a hundred bucks. It started off as like seventy five, and I think now it's it's a uh, hundred to put in for it. Um, that's year after year, you know. And I, I can't believe you wouldn't have to have an active hunting license to apply for a, a tag like that. That's what I assumed when I called Montana DNR or uh, Wyoming DNR. I was like, you know, how did this person I'm suing they have a license? And they said, no, no, no. And I was, it really took me aback. It really did. Aback. Oh, joy. Hey, um, I was. There was a great art. Do y'all, 
did you all read the um, Peterson's Hunting Journal? Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of an old time type you know publication, and I get it. There was a I was reading through it last night, and there was a very good article on the Pittman Robertson Act, uh-huh. and um, you know the federal wildlife. Um, it's a tax, excise tax, and and then you know on on ammunition and hunting, and then there's the consequential something something that was you know like thirty years later on fishing gear, and how the um, you know is it not time because the numbers of hunters are dwindling, are going down year after year, and so consequently there's less and less of this tax being collected, right. But should, but it is you know is designed specifically for allowing access, public access to the outdoors, you know, with the right. wildlife refuge areas and, and buying property. And this whole article is about you know why why is there not a backpack tax? You know, every time that you sell a kayak or a backpack or a, you know a pair of hiking boots. Should not this tax go into that same fund? Because these people are using the outdoors. Right. But they're not paying for it. The hunters are paying for it. And there's probably more and more kayakers each year than there are hunters each year. You know, some of these other sports are growing more and more. But one of the things that they pointed out was that the CEOs, and this kind of centers in the Northwest, of Patagonia... Nike. Um, I mean, they, were, they, they named a few big corporations like that. You know, were, were so adamant against this and had you know rallied and and lobbied against having to pay this tax, right? Which the the the, the producer of the material, the producer of the firearm, or the producer of the backpack, or they don't pay it. It's the consumer, right? Who buys this? And right. so, I don't know why they would fight against something that is going to benefit everyone—hunters, non-hunters, you know, bird watchers, if photographers. You, if you've had your cake and 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 without having to pay for it, now you got to pay for it, but you're still going to have the same cake. Wouldn't you fight against it? Well, I, I mean, no, because I'm not paying for it. Rob's going to pay for it. Gotcha. You know, that's, you know, the CEO of, of Nike is not paying for it. Nike Corporation's not paying for it. Right. Patagonia's not paying for it. It's, you know, Earlene and Doyle that are out here buying their overpriced crap. Well, I think I think I, could, I think I can chime in here a little bit. If you remember, the Pittman-Robertson Act was a tax that hunters put on themselves. And the hunters yeah. were really behind that uh, because we – we saw the need for wildlife conservation. So, Beaverman, yes. we're going to have to run for a break. We're out of time, sir. Well, y'all have fun running. Thank you. Talk to you Talk soon. To you we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Spring will soon be here, and you know what that means. Grilling and barbecues. 
You can get everything you need at Don's Meat Shop, 6408 Dixon Pike. Don has steaks such as T-bone, porterhouse, ribeyes, and many, many more. You can pick up kebabs, chicken, burgers, pork chops, roast or fish, and try out their seafood. Be sure to try their summer sausage snack sticks. Don has quality meats and great cooking advice, so give them a call at 423-842-1256. Don's is open six days a week, closed Tuesdays. Check them out at donsmeatshop.com and be sure to like them on Facebook. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Wrapping it up here this Saturday morning. Eric, tell everybody about the, your event coming up on Wednesday night one more time. Sure. We've got uh, the local branch of the Quality Deer Management Association. We'll be having our banquet on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, September the 19th, 6 o'clock at 2 on the roof. Uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, go on to the QDMA website. Uh, buy your tickets. Uh, there's a, a link to get in touch with me there too if uh, if you need more information. Super, that's coming up Wednesday night. You want to be there? Don't want to miss this. It'll be a lot of good, good fun. Mm-hmm. What's happening on the uh, crappie fishing world? Uh, the crappie club of Chattanooga is set to host the 14th annual Forgotten Child Fund and fishing extravaganza ganza, ganza, on October 13th at Chester Frost State Park to help raise money for the Forgotten Child Fund and the Santa Train. It's going to be both a bass and crappie tournament with cash prizes, vendors, food, free giveaways, and two local radio hosts will be doing the weigh-in over there. That'll be fun. You need to bring one toy per boat, $25 per boat. Bring a 5 to $10 toy per boat. Now, I'm telling you to bring more because they want to fill up the tow boat. They got this wrong in the press release. You're not going to fill up the tow boat. I want to fill up the tow boats. I want a lot more toys there. So we need more toys. Cool. And all those go help the Forgotten Child Fund and the Santa Train. So give generously. Rob and Tony, thank you very much for having me on. Oh, man, thank you so much for coming in, Eric. It's been fun, and uh, I hope you have a a successful banquet. I wish I could be there, uh, but I know there will be other people there, and I think you'll have a good time. So awesome. Anything else, Robert? Have a great weekend outdoors. Absolutely. Be safe on the water, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Same time, Tony Sanders Outdoors. You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.